This is the God in All Things podcast, rooted in Ignatian spirituality and seeking the presence of God in the everyday. Just a little bonus for you this week. I wanted to share a reflection my wife Sarah gave at our Jesuit parish two weekends ago when the gospel reading was Jesus's metaphor of the Good Shepherd. Hope you enjoy. Good afternoon. I find that parenting so often provides a good reference point for entering into gospel stories. And today's gospel about the Good Shepherd is no exception. As parents, we are charged with the incredible, humbling invitation to shepherd our children through this world. And analogies are a helpful way of linking our current world with the first century Palestinian context Jesus was speaking in. We may not be able to relate to the nomadic lifestyle of shepherds in Jesus' time, but as a parent, I can relate to aspects of what Jesus describes. Shepherding is by no means glamorous. It is exhausting. It can be heartbreaking. It is self-sacrificial and requires an intimacy between flock and shepherd. Pope Francis said, a good shepherd lives with the smell of his sheep. I try to remember that at day's end after my shirt has been used multiple times in lieu of a Kleenex or washcloth. My little flock is dirty. As I shepherd my children through public places, I am continually amazed by the magnetic force between my son's tongue and any trash can. I've come to fear the simple question, Mom, what's this? Knowing that my daughter's hand will be holding something disgusting she just found on the ground. Recently, a friend and I took our kids to play in a creek with clear, shallow water where they could stomp and splash in their rain boots and remain blissfully clean and relatively dry. But no, they were all drawn to the nearby deep, muddy, swamp-like area that smelled as bad as it looked. My friend's older children were soon covered in mud, and I thought somewhat smugly, glad I don't have to deal with that in my car. But not wanting to be left behind, my 20-month-old, whose bravado extends well beyond his age, waded out into the deep, and within a matter of seconds was up to his waist in thick mud. As he struggled to move further, he toppled onto all fours, so only his neck and above was peeking out above the smelly swamp. As the cries of anguish commenced, I waded out into the mud, sharing the smell of my little sheep. I do this, albeit somewhat begrudgingly, for my own flock. And although I like to think that I am a reasonably compassionate and generous person, It's so easy to fall prey to those smug thoughts like I had with my own friend's children in the mud and to think of other children as being the responsibility of other parents and other sheep being the responsibility of other shepherds. Yet Jesus today, as he so frequently does, shows us by example that a good shepherd cares both for those within his flock and those without. He says, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. These also I must lead, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock, one 
shepherd. There are no limitations or boundaries on Jesus' love and care. It's helpful to know the broader scriptural context in which Jesus delivered this message. Both the first reading from Acts and today's Gospel from John follows immediately after drama that unfolded in the wake of healings. In Acts, Peter and John are being examined by the religious leaders after Peter healed a man crippled from birth. And in John, Jesus healed a blind man on the Sabbath, causing such a scandal with the Pharisees that rather than celebrating with the man who had just been healed, they threw him out. And so thus begins the Good Shepherd Discourse in which Jesus, identifying as the Good Shepherd, puts himself in contrast with the Pharisees who are threatened by and don't even care for their sheep, who don't even consider many people to be part of their fold. They are authority figures who distance themselves from those they should be caring for. So different from Jesus, whose love and concern have no boundaries. In the first reading, we realize that Jesus' love extends even beyond his death, even after he himself has been rejected, whenever his disciples invoke him by name. The healing of the crippled man in Acts is stunning. I encourage you to go back and read it. Peter and John come across a man crippled from birth, begging outside the temple. Peter tells him, I have neither silver nor gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, rise and walk. It wasn't money or education or status that Peter possessed, but inability because of Jesus to see within and to know the deeper need. The crippled man didn't need alms. He needed to be healed. The Jesus who wept when Lazarus died, who was moved with compassion for the widow who lost her son, who looked with love on those lost in their sin and brokenness, that Jesus was alive in Peter, continuing to lay down his life for his sheep. And that Jesus is alive and longs to move through us, too. In the Easter season, we are called to carry on the mission and ministry of Jesus. Jesus frequently uses I am statements throughout John, as he does today. I am the good shepherd. And as his disciples, we too can say with confidence, We are. We are not mere sheep. We are disciples, listeners, called to mimic the nuance and tone of Jesus' voice and message. We are called to shepherd. Jesus tells his disciples later in John, You will do things even greater than me. And we see that in the early church the passion and fervor in the disciples that made the church grow so dramatically, the bold preaching 
from deeply flawed, uneducated men. The miracles and healings that they did in Jesus' name. Is that same passion and fervor evident in our own church today? When we look within ourselves, do we find it there? Today's second reading leaves us with that simple but powerful reminder. We are God's children now. Look around at your brothers and sisters, distant though we have been for over a year now. What would happen if all of us really cared about each other? About our brothers and sisters who are hungry or homeless? marginalized, or rejected? What would happen if we saw the surge of migrant children coming to the U.S. border as our children? What would happen if we ached as a mother would after every senseless killing of a black life or victim of another mass shooting? Better yet, would we even need to grieve at all Because wouldn't the impact be utterly monumental if every person in the Christian community became a good shepherd? Thanks to Sarah for that. Just a reminder that if you're curious about Ignatian spirituality, go ahead and visit GodInAllThings.com. Sign up for our newsletter, check out our email series on discernment, and see all the resources that we have to offer you. That's GodInAllThings.com.